Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Hey, let's take a little time from our busy schedules. We get really hectic, so let's let's take a little bit of time to do something we enjoy, to talk about running and faith. And of course, joining me once again, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, I'm a little bit mad at myself this morning. Are you? Yep. Uh-oh. You know, I, I texted you and asked if we could push this back about 30 minutes. And yeah. The reason is there was dew on the ground this morning, and it's about that time to, to get my next fertilizer on the ground. So I wanted to do that while the dew was – because, you know, you can see your tracks where you've been right. when the dew's on the ground. Yeah. And I went out there and spread fertilizer, and I get back, and this is typical me. I get back, and I start reading the label of the fertilizer – after I put it down, and uh, it says, don't put down on newly planted grass. Well, about a month ago, I planted some new grass right out here uh, beside uh, beside the building. And um, so I was on the phone with my landscape guy saying, did I just kill this stuff? And he said, no, probably not. But he said, you know, next time read the label. Yeah. Kind of reprimanded me a little bit. But that's that's typical me. Well, I've done something similar if it makes you feel any better. I remember one time there the the particular grass that I have in my yeah. yard that's pre- predominant my my yard's not not fancy or anything. I have multiple grasses in my yard, but uh, one time I put a combination fertilizer and weed killer on my gla- grass and then I found out that particular kind of grass you shouldn't do that. Is weeds. <laughs> well, no, it's not weeds. It's just that grass doesn't tolerate the fertilizer oh. weed and and it it really it did a number. It took years yeah. for that grass to come back. Wow. Yeah. I hope that don't happen to me. <laughs> no, me right. too. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Again, if you are a business out there and you would like for Run For God to support what you do, uh, and and in turn, you can support what we do here at Run For God, uh, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is Hank's Carpet and Flooring. Uh, Hanks is your one-stop shop for all of your flooring needs. Hanks stocks a huge selection of name-brand flooring, carpet, luxury vinyl plank, also known as LVP, waterproof flooring, and exclusive uh, the exclusive Lola Pate area rug collection. Voted North Georgia's best at the best eight straight years and the People's Choice winner for the past two. Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hanks Carpet and Flooring Giant Showroom at Hanks Carpet dot com for red hot deals um again great group of people over there supported us for a long time we we can't thank them enough so if you're in the market for floor covering really anywhere in the world um they ship everywhere so uh give them a call and ask for hank yeah you might get him yeah (laughs) (laughs) that luxury vinyl plank is has been great we put it in our basement it's popular. Oh, it's it's, it's so good it's, for a basement. Uh, a lot of people are using that now. I, I tell you what, I mean, carpet. We're the, we're in the carpet capital of the world here in Dalton, and uh, <laughs> LVP is really giving carpet yeah a run for its money, for which sure. is kind of peculiar. But um, but yeah, I'm a carpet yeah. guy. I like. I know you are. I like yeah. the comfort, the homey feel of carpet. So I'm not. I mean, I like accent 
LVP and hardwood and things like that, but I don't like whole rooms. Yeah. And that. that's just my preference. Yeah. Well, it's quiet. Carpet's quieter. That's what I like about carpet. And you know me, I'm an acoustics person. Yeah. If it's loud and echoey, I, I can't hear you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a Facebook post from last week that I really liked, and it comes from Countdown Mary Priolo. Mm. Um, and this is what she wrote It's all about priorities. I ain't going to lie. This last week was tough. Had a lot of things competing for my attention. And don't get me wrong, I normally juggle a lot, but this week, yowzers. I am really good at picking and choosing my priorities and my battles. As a working wife, mom, caretaker, volunteer, servant, runner, you name it, fitting all the pieces of the puzzle together to make time and energy for everything is one of God's greatest gifts to me. And sometimes... It is hard to work it all out. I'm not currently training for any specific race as I pl- as I plan on picking back up with the Run for God uh, training plan for the half marathon leg. But I have been trying to get in three to four runs per week, mixing up easy runs with some speed work, with some long runs, keeping pace with where I was at the end of this past couch to marathon plan. Whatever time, uh, excuse me, whatever time my body and God allows for. I have made running a priority in my life, priority for my health, priority for my mental state, priority for my spirit. The runs I run are intentional encounters with God, a time I can turn all other stuff off, leave the cares of the world behind, and just be one with Him. And sometimes, even this priority gets pushed to the back of the line like it did this week. If you're somewhere in the middle of this year's challenge or run because it's your happy place and you find you're falling behind or can't get it to the top of your list, know that you're not alone. Life is hard. Living is hard. Working is hard. Family is hard. Stress is hard. Eating right is hard. Sometimes sleep is hard. Running, yes, running is hard. Take a deep breath. Quiet your mind. Feel your heartbeat. Listen to your soul. Lace up your shoes and just go. Spend time on the road, trail, or treadmill. Spend time with Him and He will help you set your priorities. It won't always be running. It won't always be family. It won't always be work or clubs or church or friends. Listen to Him and it will be what it will be. This week, other priorities won out, but I was able to get one run in early Saturday morning. For this hour and a half, my body was able, my mind was willing, and my soul was well, and it felt good. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Philippians 2.4. Wow. Isn't that a great post? Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. We, we don't often say what she said a lot. Most of the time we internalize that, but it's encouraging to see that we aren't we aren't alone because I, I deal with that same thing you deal with that same thing but it's, it's kind of one of those things that many times the evil one will make us think well you're the only one dealing with this stuff no we, we pretty much all are yeah yeah and that is a good thing to know and, and the other thing that she does here that i really like is that she just kind of it's kind of like she knows it it derailed her but it's not going to derail her future. So many sure. times people get derailed and then they give up yeah. because they got derailed they one feel time. Like they've ruined it. Yeah. Or they've messed up or and that's just not the case. It's a temporary setback. Yeah. I, and and temporary is the key word. 
Yeah. I remember when I was a kid and my father and I used to do model railroading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to get the track just right. And sometimes you have these these areas where, um, you know, the train just will derail. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that's kind of the way we are in life. It's real, but it's real easy to go over there and pick up that train and just put it back on that track. Yeah. And sometimes we act like, oh, well, it came off the track. I can't put it back on the track. And all we have to do is go put it back on the track. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like spreading fertilizer where you're not supposed to spread fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can I can either just let it be what it is or I can I can take steps right now to try to try to fix it, to water it, to mow it, to do whatever, you know, be proactive and, and get things back on track. But yeah. so many times we think I've ruined it, you know, and just quit mowing the yard for the next year and th- things get into disrepair when you do that. But if you, you can take steps to mitigate any setbacks and move forward and many times those will be lessons i will never do what i did this morning again yeah promise (laughs) it'll never happen again (laughs) but that's that's where god shows us these lessons many times is when we mess up or when we fall behind or when we do whatever those those are the times that we can learn and move forward and you can find ways to to get around some of those things that do derail us sometimes. For example, the reason why I run every day, probably, well, I mean, I just love to run. But other than that, the, one of the reasons that I run every day is because I know how I am. Yeah. Because I'll let that one run turn into two, mm-hmm. then three. And I know that's how I am, right? Sure. So if I run every day, that never happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I never get there. <laughs> Uh, All right. We had a trivia question from last week, and that trivia question was this. Name the popular book on running that was authored in 1977 and is credited with starting the running boom in the United States. And who wrote it? Did you know this one? I did. I I think I gave you the initials last week. I don't know how I knew it because I've never read it, but I guess somehow the way you phrased the question, maybe it was 1977. I don't know. It just stuck out to me when you said it. So I've never read it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I have the book or I had the book. I don't know if I I must have loaned it out because I, I was looking for it on my shelf and I, I can't find it. I don't know really? what's happened to it. I have his second book, but I don't have his first book. Um, and I have a, it to me, did you? I'm, I'm looking over there at the bookshelf. <laughs> I, I don't think you loaned it to me. <laughs> and I have a puzzle book, too, that Jim Fix also wrote. The guy's name is Jim Fix. The book is called The Complete Book of Running. And Jim Fix was really the first person to look at running and go, you know what? This running is really good for us and and to spell out all of those benefits of running. Prior to this, people knew that running was good for you. But if you weren't good at running, it wasn't worth doing. I know why I remember this book, because he wrote the complete book of running, which should be a hard stop period yeah but he came out with the next book that was what the second book of running the second book yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like the first one wasn't complete jim yeah so we had to come out with that that's we've talked about that on this podcast like yeah this because that's why it stuck out to me yeah, yeah yeah and he's um he just figured he wrote that complete book of running and then he realized there's other things mm-hmm. there's other things that i missed or things changed yeah and so uh, as they always do there sure. is no such thing as as fi- finality um, of course, my favorite book, if you're going to read one book and you got time and you like to read, 
because you better like to read to read this book is called the book's called lore of running you'll learn everything you'll ever want to know about running if you ever read lore of running by tim noakes Um, but the complete book of running is still pretty applicable today i mean a lot of the things that he talked about really they were leading edge back then but and it came at a great time because frank shorter you know frank shorter won the olympic marathon in 1972 Mm-hmm. which which a lot of people started to run after that they started to become competitive they wanted to run marathons and those kinds of things and that that led to the initial running boom and then of course in 1976 he finished second in the in the marathon to a guy that was we know now was clearly doping he should have had two gold medals but um this book was written in 1977 so all of those we had all those people who had started running so running was becoming more popular and then Jim Fix comes out and says, you know, not only is it, is, is running cool, but it's really, really good for you in all these great ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the ironic thing about Jim Fix is how he died. So Jim Fix died when he was 52 years old while he was running in the park of heart disease. Right. He had a heart attack. And his family had a history of it. His father actually died, I think, at like 43 years old. Oh, wow. Um, because, but from the same thing. I mean, he had a, a, his family history was really, really bad for heart problems. And he just thought running was taking care of everything. Hmm. And, and that was kind of his mindset. And obviously, it was not. Right. And so, as good as running is for us, we have to realize that. You still got to get that yearly checkup. Yep. You still got to stay on top of things. Still got to stay. And especially if you have a history or a family history of these kinds of things. So uh, I've got a family history of diabetes, for example, and it's important for me to everyone. I want to make sure I continue to check and make sure that that I'm good from that standpoint. Because you would think that running every day would be the fix for diabetes. Right. but you, it, still, you still got to check. Yeah. That's that's yep, hundred percent. Moral of the story is get that annual physical. That is correct. Uh, yeah. So Frank Jim Fix, Frank Shorter, two two guys who really were super instrumental. Yeah. In the running boom. All right, Dean. We're gonna we're gonna talk about two things just a second. Uh, one is we're working on a big project. We're not gonna let the cat out of the bag about this big project, but it's a big project. Yep. You're actually gonna start helping some mm-hmm. later this week on it. I've been working on it for a month or two now, and we're just so excited about it. It's going to be a game changer for your experience in Run Club. So if you're not already a member of Run Club, go ahead and get signed up because you're not going to want to miss what's coming. We've we've been listening to everybody's feedback. You know, since we made the transition to uh, to Run Club from the way Run for God was, which was mainly class driven and not club driven. Uh, there's been some things that have fallen by the wayside. We didn't bring completely everything on board when we came. And it's it's because really we just didn't know how. We were in the middle of a pandemic. We were just trying to do the best we could. Well, we've sat down and really thought about, okay, what what can we bring from the old platform of Run for God to the Run Club platform to make it even better? And we've we've listened um, and we're making some big changes, and we're really excited about it. We'll, we'll be letting you know more as the, the weeks and months go on. Um, but it's exciting. It's yeah. really, really exciting. But also, today, uh, this is the 23rd of May. Uh, today is the when the USA shirts go on sale. And we've, we've added a bonus this year. So the USA shirts go on sale. They're on sale for three weeks. This is the only three weeks that the USA shirts 
are on sale. It's the, the American flag, USA, run for God gear. But when you do that, we've got some that you've got it on. You've got it on right now. Wow. Did you plan that? I did. So, yeah, the USA on the back. <laughs> Dean's modeling it for you. If you're on uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go watch go watch it on YouTube. Anyway, so if you buy a run for God USA tee, the the once a year tee, you're gonna get a run for God, a, a standard run for God shirt for free. We have a lot of closeout run for God gear that we need to move. Um, so we're gonna do buy one get one free. You buy the USA shirt, you get a standard run for God shirt for free. Man, what a incredible deal! deal. We will probably never do that again. Because once these closeouts are gone, they're gone. We've got many colors. We are limited on some sizes and colors. So you may have to go through and pick what you want. But we do have plenty of them. So from now for the next three weeks, the Run for God uh, USA gear is on sale. And if you do it during this three weeks, you get not only the USA shirt, and you'll get it in time for the 4th of July. Uh, this is going to be kind of our big Memorial Day push. Uh, you'll get the the usa shirt in time for fourth of july and you'll get your run for god standard shirt well, i say standard i shouldn't call it standard it's the staple yeah of run for god yeah. i mean it's the it is the run for god t yeah that you'll get absolutely free so go to runforgod.com check it out and get yours ordered that's pretty cool that's a pretty good deal if your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. All right, we're back. And if if you're not listening on Thursday nights, you need to tune in on Thursday nights. I think we have a lot of fun on Thursday nights. It's a little we're more relaxed. It's just uh, it's just kind of informational. Um, recently, we you know we did like almost it was almost more of a Bible study than a running thing. Um, and then sometimes it's very we have a very specific topic. But um, Thursday nights are a good place too for you to get questions answered. Well, it's very interactive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people can. People can chime in there, and you'll yeah. you'll respond and, yeah. and talk try, to them. So yeah. yeah, I try to respond to folks as they comment where where it's appropriate, mm-hmm. and um, so it's yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. So tune in and check that out. And then too, we need some we need more stories for this podcast. Uh, we share these stories. We're about to share somebody's story, and we need to hear your story. And so uh, go to runforgod.com, go to the bottom of the page, submit your story, and we've made it easy because we've kind of given them a template. Dean, you know know the funny thing about stories? Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. And I I hate to sound like a broken record, but it doesn't matter how vanilla you think yours is, somebody needs to hear it. So please go to runforgod.com, click on submit your story or something like that down at the bottom. Uh, we've made it easy. You can go in. We kind of walk you through how to do it. You submit it, and uh, we'll get it, especially if you're a Run Club member. It'll run right to the top of the list, yeah. uh, and you may hear it quicker than you think you will. Yeah. So uh, get those submitted. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's a topic for you that I was thinking about recently. So 
you know, we talk about how everything is relative. Mm -hmm. So what, as it relates to running, what do you consider fast? Well, I saw that question in it and I think the answer is exactly what you just said. It's relative. I remember when I start first started running, I, my big goal was to break 30 minutes. I mean, like for my first 5k or something like that. And then, you know, I remember wanting to break 25 and then I had the big goal of breaking 20, which I did one time years ago. Um, and I thought, man, I've made it. I'm super fast. Well, now, you know, hanging around people like you and, and Lane, you know, people who can run in the 15s, I don't consider, I, I still can, I guess, I guess it's the circumstances. Yeah. Because if, if I were to run sub 20 again, I would think, well, I'm smoking fast. But in comparison to my son, I'm the old slow guy. So yeah. it's. And then you take Lane, you compare him to a world-class athlete. He's two he's minutes slow. slower than them. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's. So. I, that's why I don't think, that's why I don't think the conversation about fast versus slow, at least in our community, needs to even be a conversation. Really. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I bring it up. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of this stuff I, I wrote there's down. there's always somebody faster. That's right. Yeah. Unless you're, what's his name? Uh, Kipchoge? No. Uh, Cheptegei. Cheptegei. Didn't he have Joshua the, didn't he have He's the, got the 5K and 10K records. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so unless you're him, there's always somebody <laughs> there's always faster. always somebody yeah. faster. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it is relative like when i'm around you know i i run on a master's team yeah where we run everybody everybody there is over 40 mm-hmm. well when we're talking about our group where everybody's over 40 obviously it's different than it was when i was in college sure and what we talked about there so age fitness level experience your size um and then just how serious you want to be about it i think mm-hmm. are, are things that that factor into that um so, yeah, I mean, if you're just now, if you've never run before and you're just now running, you know, breaking 30 minutes for a 5K could be really fast. Huge. Yeah. Huge, yeah. Yep. Yep. So lots of factors. All right. Well, sometimes our attitude about running changes right in the middle of an event. <laughs> I think that happens more times than not. I think it, it happens <laughs> regularly. Yes. <laughs> And uh, this week we have another story from Jerry Snyder. He re- he had a story here just not long ago about running, and uh, his coach was an animal. And this week, this this week again, Jerry Snyder from Lancaster, Ohio, shares a story that's uh, that's called three months ago. This sounded like a good idea. It's very hard in the beginning to understand that the whole idea is not to beat the other runners. Eventually, you learn that the competition is against the little voice inside you that wants you to quit. That's from Dr. George Sheehan, runner and author. I celebrated my 65th birthday and a week later lined up in the early morning darkness with thousands of people on a street in Columbus, Ohio. We were there to take part in a marathon fireworks music and the roar of spectators started the 26.2 mile race at 7:30 a.m running with a pace group our goal was to finish the course in four hours and 30 minutes the weather was ideal and the long hours and many miles of preparation had me glowing with confidence the estimated crowd of 150,000 strung out along the route um 
we're about to see a senior citizen glide his way to the finish line with the grace of a ballet dancer. (laughs) And for 14 miles, the people watching me, I'm sure, were more than pleased with my performance. For months leading up to my birthday, I had been telling everyone within the range of my voice how I was going to celebrate by running in this race. Sounding like Muhammad Ali, I boasted, I'm going to shock the world. (laughs) I'm going to run 10 minutes faster than the world record. The army is going to name a bullet after me. They're going to paint my picture on the next rocket to Mars. And they're even going to dig up Ed Sullivan just so I can be on his show. Apparently, my left foot and ankle, which had given me trouble in the past, didn't recall any of my promises. They decided that I had run far enough, and if I was going to finish this race, it would be without their cooperation. Now, my goal for the remaining 12 miles and 385 yards to the finish line would be to win the battle between the voice in my head and the pain shooting up and through my body. The voice was cheering me on, and the other was urging me to hail a taxi. (laughs) I I gimped my way to the next mile marker, and then the next, looking back now and then to see if anyone was behind me. What I needed, I found at mile 18. Someone had posted a sign. Three months ago, this sounded like a good idea. Suddenly, my face remembered how to smile, and now I was back in the race, at least from the neck up. (laughs) After all, marathons are decided to test our mettle. Recalling some sage advice I had heard long ago from Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, author of The Power of Positive Thinking, it's always too soon to quit. I gimped on. Six hours, 11 minutes, and four seconds after the starting gun, I crossed the finish line. Just wait till next year. (laughs) I think Jerry sums up, I I would dare to even say from Kipchoge down, everybody's mentality at some point in a race. Because it really has nothing to do with speed. It has everything to do with the emotional roller coaster that you go through in any event like this. Yeah. Especially... Especially a marathon. A marathon. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the marathon. The Probably the, the the race I think about the most when I hear Jerry's story is when I ran the marathon in the, the Florida Ironman. Yeah. I mean, it was like... I was, I was on this roller coaster with Jerry. I mean, just up and down. I need to quit. I'm on cloud nine. You're down <laughs> in the pits again. And this goes on the whole race so yeah jerry, jerry just in classic fashion for jerry knocked it out of the part with a lot of humor here so this is a, an incredible story well and i i've never heard that quote from norman vincent peel it's always too soon to quit i like that quote that, that, that's pretty good don't you think yeah <laughs> it's funny how it works too in a marathon in particular is a lot of times you have all like if i'm running like a a 10k and my race starts to go south at mile three i get pretty i'm just a little i'm a little grumpy about Mm -hmm. it you know for for the rest of the race when i get through i'm just I'm, i'm not in a good mood and i cut in a marathon it doesn't matter how bad it goes (laughs) <laughs> by the t- you know by the time you get to 20 miles 22 miles 24 miles all you just all you care about is the finish line and you're happy to be there and it doesn't matter what your time is and it you we see these memes all the time 
you know, at about mile 20, you're thinking, I will never do this again. <laughs> and then yeah. you cross the finish line and you're like, oh, another race. Yeah. It's like, but what, what, what we can take a lesson from is, you know, most of our races will do this, especially a marathon, will have these ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And with very few exceptions, when you cross the finish line, there's no better feeling. Yeah. So you had, you were talking Muhammad Ali when you started the race, and there's no better feeling when you finish the race. But in so it, it tells you that things really weren't that bad. Right. It was all up here. Mm-hmm. Because if you felt that good at the end, there is a formula, the formula of which nobody's ever figured out, to make that be for the whole race, for the whole race to be that way. Because there was really nothing physically taking you out of the race. If you felt that good at the finish line, it's it's all upstairs. Yeah. Now, if we could find a pill or a patch or a shot that could even that line out, man, we would be gazillionaires. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good way to put it, too. How about some scripture here? Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Man, how true that is. Man. Positive attitude means everything, doesn't it? How many times do we tell the young athletes we've coached when they're running, smile? True. Yeah. Because that is a – you've talked about I think I heard it from you. You've read about it where that is a chemical reaction yep. that happens in your body. Even if you make yourself smile. Yep. You know – a merry heart do good like medicine. Well, that's it's not just it's not just a proverb. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, it's true. physically, yeah, biologically true. And there's so many people out there, and I, 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 I'm not talking down about people in general, but so many people are they, they seem determined to be miserable, mm-hmm. and they they need they they need to post this mm-hmm. somewhere prominent. Well, and I need to see it. I mean, because I well, have, we all do it. You know, yeah, I'm I'm I can be moody mandy sometimes and um yeah but it's and i can be in a bad mood and i can see somebody smile and it's 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 contagious yeah it's kind of like a yawn yeah you know have you ever wondered why when you see somebody yawn it makes you yawn Uh, maybe we dig into that one day because that's very fascinating but a smile is kind of the same way it is it's hard to be down the dumps when you're looking at somebody and they're smiling it's yeah. very infectious. It's very contagious. Yeah, and you know, on a personal level, it's why we as Christians, uh, we tend to try to avoid people who are negative and who are not smiling, but it's why it's so important that we don't ignore them and that we do try to be that. We do try to be that smile that they see that changes the way they feel. Because if you, you see enough of those, you just can't help it. Right. Right? So I think that's that's really important. Um, and, and so many people just, again, the the. The negativity and when it as it relates to running, how many times have we seen it? Somebody's. I was just talking with one of my athletes yesterday about how how much and what we learned from this year in her in particular. Um, and, and well, it's, it's Rebecca Poe. It's the one that was on the podcast here not too long ago. She had that one race where she just really knocked it out of the park, and it was all about her outlook that yeah, day demeanor yes and and how she was viewing that that race and how she felt and everything else and so um it's so 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 important and that's why we talk about you know some of these sound like cliches but they're they're not you know things like you know 
I don't have to go run. I get to go run. Yeah. Well, that is a simple shift in in mentality. It's not just a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. It's if we can get to the root of some of these cliches, it, it changes everything. You can either look at a run this afternoon as oh, I've got to go run. No, you don't. That's right. You don't. You can you can go home and sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. But you get to. Yeah. It's going to do you good. You know it's going to do you good. Yep. So go ahead and, and smile about it and be excited about it. You know, <laughs> do like um, do like Jerry here and think you're Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know, have a positive <laughs> attitude because a lot of times that will result in a positive race, workout, whatever. Now, sometimes like Jerry, you know, especially in a marathon, <laughs> you, you've got to find that inner Muhammad Ali and get it back during yeah. the race but uh but you got to purposefully do that right because if you start negative it's very rare that it's going to turn out positive yeah that's true if you start positive yeah you may slide into the negative but you can you can pull yourself out but going into a i don't i don't know many people who have went into a workout or a race just with a terrible attitude and, and come out with the result they wanted. Yeah. Now, sometimes that does happen. As I was saying that, I was thinking, well, sometimes that does happen. That's why yeah. we say go run no matter how you're feeling. Right. Because sometimes you will come out. But more times than not, if you go in positive, you're going to have a positive result. Yeah. And occasionally it's, you know, one girl on a team, Catherine, you know her. You know how positive she is. It doesn't matter. I mean, it can be the most, most negative thing could be happening, and Catherine's going to find a silver lining in it. But every once in a while, you know, she gets through with the race and she goes, "I didn't do a good job in that race." Mm-hmm. She just and she's facing that reality, so it's okay. Yeah, but she never dwells on it, and that's yeah. that's she's a good example. Mark nine twenty three says, "If you believe, all things are possible." And that's, of course, that comes with a caveat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it doesn't mean, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to win the Olympic marathon right. anytime soon. I don't think um, at, at my age, it's probably not going to happen, <laughs> but, um, but all things that are God's will are possible. Yeah. If you believe this is where God has you, this is what God wants you to do. And you feel like God is nudging you to go forward, then whatever it is, is absolutely possible. Yeah. As, as much as you think it's not. Yep. Um, so many examples out there of that where we tend to put God in a box. God, this, what you're telling me to do is not possible because I've never done that. I can't do that. I'm not able. I'm not strong enough. I'm not fat. Whatever it is, you're right when you say that. It's mm-hmm. it's not possible with us. But yeah. God's not asking us to do it. He's asking us to do it with him, and therefore it is possible. Yeah, it, in the context of this story and talking about this race and the, the negative thoughts that run through your head in the middle of a race. and tra- I, Is it hard in the middle of a marathon when things are hard and your body's not cooperating and you feel like it's a chore just to get the next foot in front? Yeah, it's hard. But I think about Todd Shoemaker mm. and his story. And that next step is absolutely nothing in comparison to that and yet what a great example of just keeping keeping that positive attitude you know mm-hmm. you can't run for nine years and you go out and buy a new pair of running shoes every every year mm-hmm. anyway because you're convinced mm-hmm. god's got a plan 
you're going to fix this thing, and I'm going to use those running shoes. I mean, just that, that's the way and we're And Todd to heard that clearly from the Lord. Yeah. But many of us would have, when we were prompted to go out and buy that new pair of running shoes to sit beside the ones from last year that we didn't use, human nature would eventually start to take over and think, well, God, they're sitting in the cards for me. Yeah. But Todd kept doing it with the expectancy because, I mean, God's word is clear. Pray with the expectation yeah. that that what you're asking to do in God's will will happen. Yeah. Because if if you're not, what does it say? It says you you're 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 like a a person in the sea being tossed to and fro. Yeah. You just you don't know what to believe. Believe in what you know that God's telling you. And it, it not only is it, it will it will it happen, but it keeps you focused on. Mm-hmm. what's important i mean the whole scripture about being tossed to and fro is because you we start to believe this and we we hear god saying this but we believe what we saw in a commercial here we see what we read on google here and and we're just back and forth and we never have you know we we had a meeting the other day about a training plan and that mm-hmm. was my whole thing was we we need to find a true north arrow yep. it may be a little bit off yeah one side or the other but you got to find a true north and you got to go yeah because if you Listen to this person, and then you read this, and you watch this, and it's never going to happen. It's what we always say about training plans. Yeah, you know, there, there's probably th- thousands of training plans that will get you to a marathon. Pick one and go, That's, and go with it. Because if you try to take a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here, chances are you're not going to make it. Yep. you might make it, but you're not going to make it with the result that you wanted. That's true. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah. that's true. Psalm. 3124 says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. That's a tough one these days, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just because we look around us in the world and they're, you know, he's talking about a marathon and running a marathon and the, the, the negativity that can kind of run through and ramble in your brain during that time. But think about life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we think about gas prices are so high and food prices and bless their hearts these mothers who can't find formula for their babies crazy I mean, it's a big deal right yeah. and there's a lot to look at out in the world and and be discouraged about but this this scripture is so important because he's telling us that yeah there are some bad things out there but when you when you have your hope in in god um you don't have to be you don't have to drag yourself down from those things mm-hmm. and you can all those positive things that we've been talking about um, are possible when yeah. we when we look at it that way i think it's yeah we know the end of the story and dean uh, i i have a a, a friend talking about because there's so much to to weigh us down right now you mentioned gas prices and food prices and this, there's nothing political about this i mean people are struggling right now yeah and you start to think, "Whoa, is me?" Well, I've got a friend who just uh, a really good friend of mine. He he was like a, a father growing up, and he had a stroke two weeks ago. Mm. And I went to see him a few days ago. I mean, Dean, this guy's strong. He's capable, smart business guy. Had everything going with it for him. And I went and saw him, and and I was blown away. He was laying in the bed. He, he can't talk. He can talk. 
he knows what he wants to say. He can hear what he's saying, but he can't. The words don't make sense. And I've never seen that. I don't guess I've really known anybody that's had a stroke like that. You maybe yeah. you have, yeah. but he couldn't. And I thought it, it kind of puts things in perspective for you that the political landscape, what's going on in the world, the the price of a steak that we're complaining about, or the price of gas at the pump, none of that matters to him. Yeah. None of it matters to him. Yeah. And it really puts things in into focus that, you know, our hope and I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. Our hope does not need to be in a political party. It doesn't need to be in a candidate. It doesn't need to be in gas prices, food prices, where or we can running f- for that or matter. running. Yeah. yeah. Th- these are all these are all things that God blesses us with. Mm-hmm. What we need to focus on is our relationship with Jesus Christ because, you know, we, like we talk about before every race, do you know that if you go out here on this race course and you get hit by a car and the Lord takes you off of this earth, do you know where you're going? Yeah. And that's the only thing that matters. We have an awesome time talking with these podcasts and, and batting these stories around, but I just want to challenge everybody out there listening because because of my friend Gerald. So if you're out there and, and you want to, Pray for somebody. Pray for a, a gentleman by the name of Gerald Weaver. Do you know that if the Lord takes you off this earth today, where you're going to go? I hope you do. But if you have questions at all, go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Uh, three simple videos there to watch. Uh, you listen to Billy Graham doing what Billy Graham does best, and that's pointing people to the foot of the cross. But, um, yeah, I just felt the need to, to kind of share that because there is so yeah. much – out there in our world today that just seems to be just pulling us down and and get, tries to get us to focus on every news channel it don't matter which one yeah they're trying to get us to focus on the gloom and doom of what's going on this on this earth but we have the greatest gift yeah we have the gift that should make us smile like we talked about yeah no matter what's going on around us we, if we've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this what's going on right now is a blink of an eye yeah i think about when you you know when you get a new car it's really exciting when you get a new car mm-hmm. and every day you like you want to go you want to go to the front window and look out the out the you know and look and at you want to wash it and you want yeah you want yeah you just want to really you know it's it's a special feeling yeah and you know the other things that are going on around your life they're just they're just not as important as they were prior to the new car and the truth is, is we're getting a new car every day every day I mean that's, the that's a good line. that's a good analogy, Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know how I am with a new vehicle. It's yeah. got to wash it every day. What do you mean a new vehicle? Yeah, you're, you're, you're with that with every vehicle. Well, you got to take care of stuff. That's Dean. true. You know. That's true. You're getting better. Uh, at washing I was going to say, yeah, you've, you've gotten, gotten me better. into a habit now. I think, um, yeah. yeah, you're <laughs> learning. It's all it's all perspective. I think about the idea about when uh, you know I had run every day for five and a half years, and then I forgot to run one day. I've told the story before. And I could have been really upset about it. I could have been really mad at myself about it. I could have been down in the dumps about it. But instead, God really prompted me to to ask the question: What? Why? Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And when I when I looked when I got that answer back from God, um, it was it turned it was a negative thing. 
this, oh my gosh, you're such a moron, you forgot to run. You've been running every day for five and a half years, and you've ruined this street. You've completely ruined this street. You might as well just quit running. Yeah. I mean, just it was, you know, I mean, a lot of people would look would, would do that, sure. would look at it that way. And instead, God gave me something that I felt like was, I was glad I missed that day of running mm-hmm. at that point. And I was like, how, how crazy is it to go from being devastated to just being joyful about it mm-hmm. and we can do that with almost anything in life if that's, we'll look for god's but answer that's what god does that's that's the whole testing process you know testing can god tests the devil tempts we've talked about that but in testing our faith there's always a great outcome you know you could have you could have failed that test and just been you could have soaked for two weeks about that mm-hmm. but you passed the test and and, and what that did for you was it, it cemented even more in your life where God falls. Mm-hmm. And that is that is above running. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think he, he, he lets you miss that day five and a half years into it for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so too. Question. What do you say to yourself when your plan is not working? I kind of gave that away as I asked the question, didn't I? When your plan is not working. <laughs> My plan's not working. That's usually yeah. what I say. Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and the right thing to do, I think, is to fall back and go, okay, well, if my if my plan's not working, God, what what should I be doing differently? Mm-hmm. Um, what is God's plan mm-hmm. rather than what is my plan? Uh, but what do we normally do instead? We just bear down a little bit harder on our plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, gosh, it, it just, we're so bad about it. We're so bad about going down that trail and then just going even harder when things don't go right. And uh, it, it gets a little frustrating sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, eventually we get to that same place we do, we're doing a marathon, though. Eventually we get so far down that trail that now it's like i just need to get out of this whatever it takes mm-hmm. and then that's where we seem to rely on god when the race is you know like jerry here when he saw that sign at 18 miles that that made him change his perspective on what he was doing that was that was god interrupting or banging our head against a wall and saying everything's going to be fine if you'll just follow the trail that i have for you take a left up there at the next trail and you're going to be fine <laughs> i don't know why this is coming to mind but it's exactly it's a it's a word picture but i used to be on a uh, a hunting club down in south georgia and i'll never forget one day i was trying to go to a certain part of the property and there's a there's a trail that goes all the way around to get to where i was wanting to go but i wanted to go straight straight to it well between a straight line for me to where i was wanting to go was a briar thicket and i was on a foiler and i thought you know it's foiler just kind of mow those briars down it's one of those things where it's not that bad you're getting pricked here and there well what happens with briar thickets is the further you go into them the thicker they get and i was driving and you start getting caught by briars and it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and before you know it i got through but I was absolutely chewed up. And if I would have just spent literally five minutes to yeah. take the long way around. And, but that's such a picture for how we usually do with God. Yeah. We're trying to go where God is wanting us to go. But we're like, we're, we're kind of like arguing with the GPS. Yeah, I know better than this. <laughs> and we go right through the briar thicket and we may get there. We may not. 
we may get hung up in the briars and and yeah have to turn around and, and do it ultimately god's way but we may get through but we're beaten up broken down got briars hanging all over us bloody for what what a great analogy because we wanted to do it yeah my way and the thing is most of the time we know that there's that other path it's not that we don't know about it that, yeah but we think god's not thinking about this i know this shortcut yeah <laughs> that's that's true that's that's mitchell a lot of times yeah. the bottom line is uh when our plan is not working it's probably because it's our plan and not <laughs> god's plan. it's our path yeah another question when has humor helped you navigate a painful situation I remember a time one time when I was at a friend, one of my best friends, I was at his funeral for his mother. And we were telling jokes mm. in the funeral home. Mm -hmm. And somebody actually came to us and said, they were basically looking at us like, you guys need to keep it down, you know? And somebody even, I don't remember who it was, somebody said to me, do you think that's appropriate? And you know, at some point in time, I got to feeling guilty about it. And I thought, that's probably not even, a, that's probably not appropriate mm -hmm. to be. And, and, you know, here's a guy that just lost his mother. And here I am making jokes and, and that kind of thing. And I really felt bad about it. And I, ne but I never said anything to him about it afterwards. I just felt guilty. And then a couple of months later, he came to me and he said, I, and I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but he basically said, that was the best thing for me that day. Hmm. I needed to laugh mm -hmm. that day. And I think that's, we sometimes think it's inappropriate, I think, to laugh sometimes when it's almost never inappropriate mm -mm. To, to have some fun and to have a little levity and just to have, have, have a good time. I think about the, the comedians. You know, there's some Christian comedians out there. You got... Tim Hawkins is the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> he's hilarious, but he's got a biblical message yeah. um, in in his comedy, and you know, and the truth is that's Tim Hawkins. He has this gift mm -hmm. for being funny, mm -hmm. and he shares it. He's, he's sharing wrong with that. He's sharing his talent. Yeah, just like I'm trying to share my talent of running. Sure, and it, it's. I think I think that laughter is such a great, great thing and gets us through so much. Well, we you know, just talked just, about it. Yeah. A smile yeah. is a chemical reaction. It it will pull you out of the dumps. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta be intentional about it. Yep. You know. Yeah. So last question. When in trouble, what steps can you take to clearly hear the voice of God? Sometimes it's just stopping and turning around. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point because most of the time we're walking in the wrong direction. We're, we're, we're plowing through that, <laughs> that briar thicket. thicket. Yeah. And sometimes just stop and turn around. You see the path. You know the path around. Most of the time we know it. Most of the time it's not ignorance. It's many times when we're outside the will of God, we're not caught off guard. If you're really being honest, I'm thinking about all the situations where I've been outside God's will and and I'm not, you know, doing the things I'm supposed to be doing or, or being obedient like I'm supposed to be. I know it. Yeah. It's it's not an ignorance thing. It's a it's a choice. And sometimes you gotta choose just to stop and turn around 
and say, God, I messed up. Help, help me get back here. Yeah. And the truth is, is while you were, while you were headed down that path into that briar thicket, if you had have stopped and turned around, God was probably standing behind you pointing. Mm-hmm. No, this is the way here. <laughs> you know? Well, I definitely know my friend was. Yeah. Who was back there saying, that didn't work out too good, did it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 the meaning of repentance. It's to it's to turn around. Yeah. Um and and it's not it's not kind of it's not take a different path through the briar thicket, which we'll try to do sometimes. Like, oh, that one's not working. Let me go this way. It's it repent is to turn away. Yeah. To turn away from that briar thicket and, and go back to where God is, where He's saying, "Look, it's a nice gravel trail around this way." Yeah. Um, and and like I said, so many times it's not ignorance. It's it's choice. It's choices. Yeah, I think about. I used to be a baseball coach. And when I was coaching baseball, one of the things that I noticed was when our team started playing sloppy, mm-hmm. very next practice, the first thing we did was we went back to talking about basics mm-hmm. and doing the basics. And because that's typically what leads to playing sloppy baseball is not taking care of the fundamentals, as we right. call them. I think it's that way in our in our life, in our relationship with Christ is it, it's basics. It's prayer. It's Bible study. It's really simple, just like, you know, the basics of keeping your glove on the ground when you're fielding a ground ball mm-hmm. is, is just, just a basic. But you got to remind yourself of that often to make sure that you don't pick up bad habits. And Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, I think we talked about it just here a while back. It's, it's kind of like running. I think you used the example of to get faster, it's really as simple as run slow some run fast some and run often and 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 to complicate it more than that is is okay but so many times we complicate we complicate scripture so much that we just get confused and frustrated and we just we walk away sometimes we complicate a training plan so much that there again we're we're listening to so many inputs and it gets confusing and it becomes ineffective sometimes it's just read your bible every day and talk to God. Yeah. If you just do those th- two things, you're, you're going to have an incredible relationship yeah. with Christ. Um, but so many times we, we complicate that process when we just need to go back, like you said, to the fundamentals. Yep. At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help build your relationship with God. That's why we partnered with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists that you can listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that is put together by Run Club members just like you and the Run For God station at J Radio. All right, so we're back, and uh, Dean. Last week we talked a little bit about uh, iron and ferritin, and we we kind of just brushed over it. And I thought it would be a good idea to this week just just kind of go through a blog that I wrote several years mm-hmm. back um, when you and I both were trying to figure out an issue with an athlete, actually my son Lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to read this, and we'll just kind of kick it around for a few minutes after. Uh, but I think. I've, I've forwarded this on to quite a few people since I wrote it, and it really opened some people's eyes to the issue of um, 
iron. And the the name of the blog, I think, was uh, The Thing About Iron. And um, so here we go. Hey, everyone. Mitchell Hollis here with Run For God. I want to start this blog off by making a few statements. First, I'm not a medical doctor, nor any other kind of doctor. I've never been to medical school, and I do not claim to know much about the human body. This blog is not meant to diagnose anyone of anything, but rather tell you my experience. Should you need medical advice, please contact your physician. Now that all the disclaimers are out of the way, let me tell you about why I'm writing a blog on the subject of iron and ferritin. I have a 14-year-old son named Lane Hollis. Lane, in many ways, is your typical freshman high schooler. He attends public school, makes good grades, plays the guitar, and loves hanging out with his friends. But there's one thing that is not so typical about Lane. He's a very focused, nationally ranked triathlete who trains 15 to 20 hours a week and has some pretty lofty long-term goals. He runs a mid-17 5K, and his current PR is in the mile is 456. He's also experiencing that dramatic change every young man experiences when their voice changes and they seem to grow six inches overnight. With this background, let me explain what happened. On September 1st of this year, I showed up to Lane's cross-country practice just like any other day. As Lane walked into the area where we all met for practice, I could tell that something was wrong. He walked up to me and said he did not feel good. Now let me stop right there and say Lane is almost never sick. He never complains, and he's always ready for a good practice. So when he told me he didn't feel good, there was no question at all that something was wrong. We immediately left the practice and walked into our local family physician to get him checked out. Lane was pale, weak, and fell asleep in the waiting room. My first thought was the flu or something other ran- or some other random bug that kids pick up this time of year. After a few minutes, we were able to see the doctor, and after she checked his temperature, we found that he had a 101.9 fever. That would explain why he felt sick, though that would explain why he felt as though a truck had hit him because, um, because but what caused the fever? fever? Sorry. After she checked for the flu, strep throat, and ran a urine sample, she came back into the room somewhat puzzled. Everything came back negative. He didn't have any of those things. She indicated that he might just be fighting off something and that, that he had had for a few days. Sure enough, by Sunday, he was back to what seemed like normal, at least until he showed up for cross-country practice on Monday. On Monday, f- following his fever, Lane showed up to cross-country ready to go. Lane came into the season as one of the top runners as a freshman was ready to start the season off right. As soon as Lane started running his warm-up, he knew there was something wrong. He couldn't get his legs to work. He said he felt fine, nothing hurt, but he was having a hard time even holding just an 8.30 pace. Lane's slow zone at the time was 7 to 7.30. He finished practice frustrated but not too worried. We assumed that the fever he had on Friday must have taken more out of him than we thought. Tuesday and Wednesday was the same story, and it was Wednesday afternoon when we realized we needed to head back to the doctor. I made an appointment for Thursday afternoon and let his coach know that he would not be at practice. On Thursday, I picked Lane up from school, and once again, he stated that he felt great. By this point, I'm thinking that something else is going on, and the fever may have just been a coincidence. As we met once again with the doctor, I asked if we could get some blood work to see if there was any kind of imbalance. 
I had read about athletes, especially female athletes, who had performance problems due to low iron. Right away, he sent Lane back to the lab for a CBC, a complete blood count. The doctor told me that he'd give me a call later that afternoon with the results. This is it. I just knew this was going to be the problem. I got a call later that afternoon, but but it wasn't the call I was hoping for. Everything was normal. It's strange, to say, it's strange to say that I was disappointed with a normal result, but we knew something was wrong, and once again, we had hit a dead end. On Friday and Saturday, Lane's run only seemed to get worse. You could tell by looking at him run that something was very wrong. He almost seemed uncoordinated, and it looked as though he had trouble just putting one foot in front of the other. On Monday, his cross-country coach, a great friend and co-worker, and I were talking about what might be going on. We'd been to the doctor twice, and everything was normal. Maybe it's just that he's going through a growth spurt. Lane had grown a couple of inches in a short period of time. I've coached triathletes for many years now, and I've seen the side effects that growing can have on kids. Their body awareness gets out of whack, and they're just not aware of how tall they are getting, which can spell big trouble when it comes to running efficiently. That must be it. So I went with it. For the next two weeks, we backed Lang's volume down and had him do other workouts with the rest of the team while the rest of the team was doing speed. High intensity and growing quickly in many cases can lead to injuries, and we just wanted to get Lane through this. Asking Lane to run less than everyone and not run hard is like asking a basketball player not to dribble the ball. It just didn't make sense, and if it did, he was not happy about it. One day at cross-country practice, almost a month since he had had his fever, I could see that this was getting to Lane. He was upset, which in turn made me upset. Something just didn't feel right. He had grown, but not that much. And if it was a growth spurt that was leading to the coordination issues, then why were why were we not seeing it anywhere else? If it's that bad, then it should be at least a little bit noticeable just walking around while not exercising. It wasn't. That evening, I got on the phone with a coaching friend of mine out of Des Moines, Iowa, Jenny Weber. Jenny Weber. Jenny is a high-performance triathlon coach and the head coach of Z3, which is the high-performance team that Lane was a member of. I began to tell her about what was going on with Lane. She listened and said, it's his ferritin. There was no hesitation. I knew ferritin had to do something with iron, and I told her that his CBC, which does check for iron, came back normal. Jenny calmly ensured me that a CBC does not does check hemoglobin, which is the iron-containing protein in the blood that carries iron and oxygen to cells, but it does not check for ferritin, which indicates the amount of iron stored in the body, almost like your iron reserve tank. It all made sense, but I still wasn't getting my hopes up. That night I read an article after that night I read article after article about this very thing and how low ferritin would affect athletes in exactly the same way that it was affecting Lane. But why didn't anyone tell us this? Why didn't anyone explain the difference between hemoglobin and ferritin? Why did the doctors miss this? Because while this condition is very common in young endurance athletes, some estimates are as high as 40%, it is very uncommon with the average active young person. The average active young person is not training at the volume and intensity as Lane and many of his peers are. 
This is exactly why someone who coaches athletes such as Lane was able to quickly point this out when doctors didn't. Needless to say, Lane was happy to get his blood drawn once again the next morning for a specific ferritin test. Unfortunately, we could not get the results until Friday, and this was only Wednesday. For the next two days, we were on pins and needles. We stuck to our plan of low low volume, low intensity, and as much as I wanted to go ahead and get him on an iron supplement, I didn't. Friday, the call came, and it was the news we wanted. Lane's ferritin was extremely low. What a relief. Crazy, right? I've never been so excited to hear that something was wrong with one of my children. It was because we had an answer. We knew what the problem was, and now we could get to work to fix it. The normal range for ferritin in a young athlete such as Lane is 70 to 300. Lane's was 11. That Friday afternoon, Lane skipped cross-country to get a crash course on how to manage your iron naturally, as well as to find a supplement regimen for his iron deficiency. We decided on 65 milligrams of iron with vitamin C twice a day until his levels were back to normal. So what caused the fever a month ago? Well, we're not real sure, but I've read that in some cases, low ferritin can lead to infection, which would explain the fever. So what caused the low ferritin? Again, I'm not sure, but I assume that when you couple the fact that Lane trains year rounds with the fact that he's growing like a weed, deficiencies are going to occur. There are still some questions that may never be answered, but there's one thing for sure. The solution worked. Lane took a supplement on Friday, two on Saturday, and raced the final triathlon of his season on Sunday. He was back to the old Lane, claiming second overall against a strong field of athletes two and three times his age. One thing I found during this four weeks of not knowing what was going on with my child is that answers were hard to find. Reading clinical studies, visiting the doctors three different times, and conducting trial and error experiments that only led to dead ends was not the easiest route. I only wish I had read Lane's story that someone else had written from the very start. My hope is that this story will find its way to those who are searching for the same answers as me. Dean, that was, well, we said 14. Lane's 19 now, so that was five years ago. Lane still takes iron supplements. Yeah. He came off of them one time, and his ferritin dipped back down. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what we've learned, at least for Lane, um, for some people with a high training volume, and I talked about young people in here, but this is also pretty common for adults. It is, yeah. Uh, especially females. Mm-hmm. Um you know, some people need to stay on this. Now, obviously, you need to talk to your doctor. Don't go out and buy, an iron, buy iron supplements because too much iron can be an issue, too. Yes. It can be a serious issue. So. And there are some people who their body actually stores too much iron. Sure. And iron supplements can could kill them. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that serious. Yeah. The, so. the stuff that I read says never take an iron supplement before you get your ferritin levels checked. Right. And make sure yeah. that, that you're you're okay. Yeah, and I've seen this with other athletes besides Lane. You know, we had one girl whose ferritin was two. Yeah. And she was, it was, I mean, I I still, I look back on that time watching that girl run and watching her pour her heart into trying to run and watching her fold over, just like Lane did, Mm -hmm. just like we saw for Lane. 
and she started taking an iron supplement and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then she she continued to take that iron supplement. Eventually, she had to get blood transfusions for mm-hmm. it to work. And so uh, sometimes it's sometimes just supplementation doesn't work. But from everything that I read, ninety percent of the time, supplementation works. Yeah. Just go out and get a now. Uh, I'm sure you talked about here taking it with vitamin C is very yeah. important and taking it not with, with calcium. calcium is important. So if you take iron and you wash it down with milk, you've basically negated it Yeah, because calcium blocks the absorption. Vitamin C encourages the absorption. Yeah. Uh, so we want to take it with orange juice or the, you know, Lane takes a brand that, that has vitamin C in it Yeah, uh, with it. But there, you know, there's a lot to learn, but, you know, just knowing this, I think, I think there's a lot of people out there because what you see or what many people would have thought was, you know, Lane's just not in shape or Lane's just not working hard or whatever. So, luckily, we knew his work ethic then, and we knew, okay, there's something really wrong with him, which is what prompted us to really start digging. But, you know, I talked to Jenny. Jenny has she's coached a lot of young female athletes, and that's why she said it just very confidently. But I mean, doctors, some doctors will argue with you on getting because ferritin is not something they check in a standard CBC complete right. blood count. It's it's a separate test. And some doctors will argue with you. Our doctor kind of pushed back on it. He didn't argue, but he kind of pushed back like. No, that's, you know, that's mainly females and things like that because, you know, the menstrual cycle with, with losing blood that, you know, that's that's what will cause uh, ferritin to drop many times. But for for a lot of people, it's it's just that they lose it some other way. I don't really know what those ways are, um, but. Well, part of it, they feel like part of it is the actual exercise itself. Yeah. That uses that uses up that extra oxygen by carrying the you know, iron, what iron does right. is it takes, it gets oxygen to your muscles. Yeah. Well, if you don't get oxygen to your muscles, then you can't produce the energy your muscles need to work. And right. so it's, it's critical. It's yeah. needed. It's not, it's not just that the more, the better it's, you have to have it. And well, I said last week that, you know, a CBC will check for hemoglobin. So that's the way the, the crude way of explaining hemoglobin and iron that has best helped me to understand is hemoglobin is like your gas tank. Mm -hmm. It's your day to day activities. That's where your hemoglobin is. And, and this is Lane had plenty of hemoglobin, Mm -hmm. which is why he didn't feel, he didn't feel bad during the day, just out doing normal things. It wasn't until he started exercising at high intensity is when he really crumbled. Well, ferritin if you if you ever had an old motorcycle, they had a, a gas tank, and then below it they had a reserve tank, and you yeah. could flip a switch and tap into that reserve tank. Well, that's what ferritin is. It's that lower reserve tank that when you use up that hemoglobin, and that may not be the best way to describe it, but when you go through that through your normal daily at school for him, whatever you're doing of the day, and then you need to tap into some reserves to get you through a workout. That's where the problem is. It's because that ferritin it's not there yeah you know it's he had two and it was supposed to be 70 and that's why he would crumble during workouts but when he got recovered and went back to his daily life he felt fine so if you're out there and you're dealing with you know just maybe low energy through the day maybe you need to get your 
your hemoglobin checked, your iron checked. Yeah. But if it really rears its head during an activity and you can really feel a difference, then maybe maybe you need to get your ferritin checked. Um, yeah. I that yeah, the, that would be somewhere I like I said I've sent this article to several people and I've gotten messages back saying that was absolutely it. a young girl that we both know the one of the Mashburn girls. Yeah. Uh, her mom they Just were recently. they were about to get her checked for some pretty major things and I saw it on Facebook that she was she was passing out during swim mm-hmm. meets and uh, I said Mindy I I may be out of line here but I I, I sent her this article and yeah. like 2 weeks later she emailed me back just thanking me because it was it was something as simple as this yeah but the the daughter was just completely she had nothing there and she's a very capable swimmer she's a very good swimmer um i know for a lot of people it's it's frustrating that doctors don't know this you know that you would think this would be something all doctors would know about but you got to understand this is very specific to endurance athletes because if you're in a boat like lane was where his hemoglobin is okay if you're just doing normal everyday activity you're not even going to notice a difference right. it's only when you do the endurance activities that it happens when you're when you're needing that reserve tank. yeah yeah, yeah. most so, people don't need to tap into their fer- ferritin right they don't even even moderate people who might you know exercise moderately you never really get down but i mean some of these younger athletes they're they're really dipping down and need those reserves um and it and it's varying degrees you know you could be you could be a a middle-aged lady uh who you start to run and maybe you're dipping down into it so we're not saying this is just for young high octane athletes that's just the ones that we were talking about but you know, maybe you're out there and, and you're just struggling to get out and do the 5K challenge. You know, some of that may be the shape you're in and, and you need to work that out. But if you feel like it's something chronic and it's not getting better, it, it doesn't hurt to go. I mean, I think it, to go to the lab down the road here to get Lane's Ferritin checked, I think we, we pay 35 bucks. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a small price to pay just so you know. And you mentioned 40%. That's about the, the percentage of it, uh, endurance athletes specifically with girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 40 to 50%. Yeah. Um, and, and the the percentage at the beginning of a cross-country season, for example, is lower than it is at the end of a cross-country season because as they do more, they mm-hmm. they – it gets worse boys are only three percent lane was an unusual case it's yeah. not often that it's that it's guys but but it can be it's three percent but i do know another boy who i sent this article to his mom aiden landrum yeah. um it was the same thing so I, I know two yeah two guys uh who went through this but yeah females well i think you had your cross-country team checked one time and there was yeah. a large and it was percent. about half of them yeah that were, we're low, low. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And, and you know, it seems like it seems like from my experience and what I've seen that the ideal level is different for different athletes. I've seen some athletes that it doesn't seem to matter. I've seen some that have a ferritin level of say twenty, mm-hmm. and that that's low for an endurance athlete, but it doesn't seem to make any difference for them. They take an iron supplement, doesn't seem to make any difference. Uh, but I've seen others that are like that, and it affects them greatly. Well, and you so. got to couple it with your diet, you know. Yeah. You, the red meats, the the beans, the greens, all those things are high in iron, and, and you know, compound that with you know, if you are a person like like you you you're, you're kind of doing the vegan thing, what well, you you better be educated. 
yeah. on how to get your iron in naturally because there's no better way to get it than naturally. Sometimes you do need a supplement, but even a supplement won't work if you're not coupled it with, you yeah. know, getting things naturally in your diet. So, uh, yeah, if you if you get yours checked and uh, you're low, really dig in and, and learn. It's it's a good thing to learn anyway, but especially if you're feeling like this is you. Well, and you got to be careful, too, that a lot of people, because they're – a lot of people are anti-taking any kind of pills. Yeah. And so they feel like I need to have the diet that – and I get that. And you can eat, but some, for some people, you can have the best diet in the world and you can eat all the red meat that you need and you can get in all the heme iron that you, that you can get in mm-hmm. and still be low. Well, Lane takes 130 milligrams a day yeah. of iron. That you, you're going to be hard to do that with a diet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just, exactly. That, and that's on top. Lane is a red meat eater. He's a bean, he, he really eats good Yeah, and he still has to have that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the so stu- yeah, the studies I have seen have said that if your iron level is low, then you should supplement with up to 180 mm-hmm. milligrams a day of, uh, of iron in order to get back to where you need to be. Yeah. So just thought you should know. Yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face, whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. All right, we're back. And so just a conclusion to what we just talked about. We talked about all this, the iron and the ferritin and hemoglobin and stuff. Here's just some some points that I think are important. Um, first of all, low ferritin is extremely common in runners, in endurance athletes. Um, that affects 2 to 17% of male runners and 28 to 45% of female runners. Um, that's according to different studies. Uh, an even higher proportion have iron levels that are low enough to impair performance but do not fall outside standard reference ranges for the general population. Um, low ferritin, even in the absence of low hemoglobin, can cause problems, which was Lane's problem. Because mm-hmm. if you have low, if, if your iron is low, if your hemoglobin is low, then you're, you're called anemic. That's the mm-hmm. word for it. If your hemoglobin is okay and your ferritin is low, then you're iron deficient Mm -hmm. is what they call it so even if you're iron deficient it can cause a serious problem because it's it's not i use the illustration of a a gas tank and a reserve tank it's not like that because on the old old motorcycles when you fill up the gas tank it fills up the reserve tank and then fills up the gas tank with iron it's two separate buckets so just because your hemoglobin maybe okay doesn't mean your ferritin is okay right. so it's, it's kind of two separate things yeah even though it's all iron if that makes sense yeah yeah it's sort of like it fills it up in the opposite direction yeah you know yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 
if you have low ferritin, a high iron diet can help, but the best course of action is to take an iron supplement. Taking a ferrous sulfate supp- supplement at a dose of 120 to 200 milligrams of elemental iron per day is a good starting place. Now, you have to be careful with this because there are some people, and I had an athlete who was low in iron, very low in iron, and she had to take a supplement. Well, the supplement bothered her gastrointestinally, and so Mm -hmm. she had stomach issues with it. So she couldn't just take regular old iron, the the stuff that Lane takes. Mm -hmm. She couldn't take it. We, We had to give her liquid iron. Mm-hmm. in order for, and, and the liquid iron worked for her yeah so you you got to play around with it a little bit if you have some trouble with it um take your iron supplement on an empty stomach with 100 to 250 milligrams of vitamin c small doses can be hard to find so use a pill splitter to cut up larger vitamin c supplements the other thing too that we didn't mention was if you're trying to get your iron from a multivitamin it's a complete waste of time now I'm not saying multivitamins are a waste of time, mm-hmm. um, but if that's where you're get, if that's the only place you're getting your iron from, and you know you need iron, that's not the way to do it. Because some it can, multivitamins will have iron and calcium in the same pill. Exactly. Yeah. And so it doesn't work. Yeah. So, this is a specific need, and you need it, the absorption rate to be highest as possible. Yep. Yep. Avoid taking your iron supplement within a few hours of anything that can impair iron absorption, like tea, calcium-rich foods. Or supplements or antacids are another thing that can cause trouble. So it's taken best when it it works best when it's taken on an empty stomach. Um, And then it says, do not take an iron supplement or adopt a high iron diet without getting a ferritin ferritin test first. So see your doctor, figure out a way to get tested and uh, and know that you need it before you start. And like I said, you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to go pay a doctor's fee and all that. You you can go. There are many labs out there that you can call. I, I didn't know about these labs until Lane because I, I got tired of paying the doctor's visit and all that. Yeah. So you can just call some of these labs. And like I said, we pay like 35 bucks now to get because we get his checked a few times a year. Yeah. Um, just to make sure we're staying on top of it and we're not giving him too much because I, I kind of thought he would be off the supplements by now but he's not so and it doesn't hurt to keep taking you just need to keep tabs on it and the upper limit for having for iron is way is 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 way up there it's it's, it's a lot before you get toxic yeah it is it is all right how about a trivia question for this week so here's the trivia question we may have asked this one before but i i like to talk about this guy so what was the name of the messenger who delivered the message of the Athenian victory over the Persians in 490 BC? This is two in a row, I know. And then, uh, wow. look, here's the, you get, bon- I don't know what we're going to do for a bonus. At least a good. I know what the message at was, least too. a good pat, pat on the back, yeah. If you tell me what the message was, what was the, the word that he said as his message? And if you know that, um, you're a superstar. So <laughs> we'll give you a virtual high five. Virtual high five, yeah. But yeah. if you get the question right, we'll give you a Run for God Tumblr. That's right. But you got to send the message to dean at runforgod.com, not Facebook Messenger, not customer service. Dean at runforgod.com. First one with the right answer will get a Run for God coffee tumbler. Yeah. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, uh, this is my reason. It helps both physically and 
mentally. So there's a there's a lot of ways to exercise, and a lot of them, uh, most of them, help you either physically or mentally. And running does both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think running is about as efficient as anything at both of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think running is so awesome. Um, you see triathletes um, a lot of times. The best triathletes are ones who are good runners. And why is that? I think my opinion is because mentally, I think that good runners are mentally tougher than people who are good in other sports. So I think running helps helps you mentally. Hmm. You agree with that or no? Not necessarily. I don't, I don't know. Yeah? Yeah. It's a, something to think about. Well, I mean, it, depend, it depends on which triathlons, you know. Yeah. Well, that's true. Short course, yeah. Yeah. Long course, mm, that's a you little better bit be different. a good biker. That's true. That's, <laughs> that is true. Yep. Yeah. Our motivational thought of the week comes from Robert Collier, who is an author around the turn of the 20th century. He said, success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. Consistency is key. Yep. We've said it a million times, right? Yep. All right. Good job, Dean. All right. Another week down. Another week. 113 episodes down. That's right. It's crazy. It is crazy. I'm having fun. I am too. And we hope you're having fun as well. And so uh, get out there, get on the road, the trail, the path, whatever, wherever you choose to run. Um, talk to God a little bit while you're out there and, uh, and have fun with it and get yourself into some good shape and come back next week to join us again. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.